Hello, this is Katherine Cunningham. Thank you for joining us for the Natural Intelligence Worldwide Podcast. The perception that we have to choose between a healthy economy and healthy ecosystem is a false dichotomy. And according to Enrique Sala, resident and explorer at the National Geographic Society, it's insane. Unless we take care of the life support of our planet, there will be no raw resources for companies to create, market, and sell products. The economy is a subset of the environment, and we are part of the natural world. We depend on other species, plants, and earth systems for the basic necessities of life, to breathe, to eat, drink, and to survive. E.O. Wilson and other prominent ecologists claim that we need 50% of the planet to persist in a sustainable, healthy state for us to thrive. Yet some business leaders are still motivated by quarterly returns and short-term profit. They continue to externalize the real costs of destroying natural capital to achieve unenlightened business goals. It's crazy. Why not now instead look to nature for solutions to draw down carbon, for example? There's no better carbon vacuum than a tree and its roots and its soil ecosystem. And nature is a treasure trove of naturally intelligent solutions to meet our unsustainable lifestyle challenges. Time to tune into nature. I am here with Enrique Sala. He's a resident and explorer at National Geographic Society. Welcome. Thank you. So, oceans have taken a front and center stage, as well as the theme of nature, with David Attenborough's opening of the conference. Why now? Why have oceans become so important to us? You know, humans take a long time to realize things, and we are so close to an irreversible tipping point that finally, you know, humanity has realized that we cannot survive with a healthy natural world. And I'm very happy to know, to hear, to see, to feel, to experience that world leaders are finally realizing that if we don't take care of our life support system, there is no us, there is no economy, there is nothing else. It just makes me think, what does that word economy really mean? If we look at the root of the word, it's oikos, our homes. And then where does the, the root word of ecology come from? The same, the home. Same. So is there really a dichotomy between the economy and the ecology of the planet? This is a cartoonist view of the world. Making us choose between development or the environment is like making us choose between a car or gasoline. The car is development and gasoline is the natural world. The natural world, all these species fuel our society, make our lives possible, and the economy is just a subset of this system because everything we need to survive is produced by other species. Every breath we take, every morsel of food we put on our mouths, the rain that waters our crops, everything is produced by the forest, the grasslands, healthy ocean habitats. So why are we so adamant about destroying our life support system? We are basically disconnecting ourselves from the life support system at the hospital. It's mad, totally mad. Interesting that you know world leaders, like you said, it's really the sentiment that I feel here too, are, I don't say waking up, I think it's been something that's been on everyone's mind, but now it's, it's, it's urgent. And it, it appears we have the creative intelligence, the collective intelligence in this space to really move quickly. Yeah, well, some more than others. Because you know, th there's so many people, you can be an ostrich and burying your head in the sand only for so long, right? And you can see 
people are still externalizing, not accounting for the cost of their businesses on the rest of the planet. Hoping, well, let's hope that this will work for two or three or four more years, and then you know we'll make a lot of money then, and then when the shit hits the fan, maybe we'll do something about it. This is like we are at the casino on the Titanic, and we try to make as much money as possible after hitting the iceberg. This is what we're doing with our planet and ourselves. The science is telling us we need half of the planet in natural state. That means healthy forests, grasslands, wetlands, ocean habitats, not just for us, for our food and oxygen, also for the other nine million species that are on the planet, but also for climate change. Climate change is one of the greatest threats to our civilization, right? right? Nature, the destruction of nature is another one. We cannot achieve the climate change goals, the Paris Climate Agreement, without the help from nature. Right? We could go fully renewable today in terms of energy, and we would still go between three or four degrees Celsius. Climate, natural solutions. You know, we are throwing so much carbon pollution in the atmosphere, all this CO2 and methane, and there are people who believe that our technological prowess will devise some machines that are going to suck up the CO2 from the atmosphere and save us. Hey, we have those machines. They are called trees, and they also produce oxygen, and forests produce rain, and they provide flood protection, and the soils that the forests create absorb so much carbon. So we are destroying our life support system. It's absolutely suicidal. You know, and people say, well, but you know, the economy. The economy is a subset of the biosphere, the living layer of the planet. You know, what's the economy on the moon? Or there Mars? There is no economy. There's I, no value exchange. So everything we care about, mm-hmm. it could be gender equality, or poverty, or child uh, labor. Mm-hmm. Everything, all of these issues are on top of a pyramid. And at the bottom of the pyramid, is all these species that give us everything we need to survive. Right? Right, right. So we cannot see nature as something detached from humans. We are part of the natural world. You know, there are so many marvels out there. We're one of them. The irony is that now the fate of all those species of plants and animals that determine our survival is in our hands. Mm. So it's time to act because Really, there will be no economy or quarterly reports as we run out of oxygen or or food. And one of the key principles of a company that wants to operate as a legacy company is constant innovation, right? And so what I'm seeing here, hearing here, is that a number of companies are really not just thinking about how they can donate funds to an ocean alliance or so, which is also important, but thinking about how to redesign their companies and innovate toward producing products that, you know, sort of call on the intelligence of the natural world. And so, for example, one of the issues that drew attention to the oceans, and we have to thank National Geographic for this, are the microplastics in the water that we're now understanding, you know, coming from our clothes that, you know, are produced with synthetic petroleum-based products. Funny enough, you know, it just calls to mind the fact that we, we forget that our first clothes were produced with, you know, organic cottons and other natural fibers or, let's say, raw resources from the natural world. We didn't create 
you know, that ecosystem of synthetic products. So are you seeing the same thing? Are you seeing companies here sort of reimagining the way that they do business? No, absolutely. And you know, you see all these business leaders who pontificate about how important the environment is and what their company is doing, and everybody's applauding them and giving them awards as heaters of the planet. All these wonderful leaders, mostly men, will always do the right thing as long as their profit doesn't decline, right? Nobody, none of these guys is willing to give anything away. That's a big problem, right? So there is a lot of talking. Mm -hmm. There are a few companies that are actually doing things, and there are actually uh, a few here. Mm -hmm. It would be too long to, to name them, but you know, this is not about innovation. Nature, the natural world, is the biggest market. Right. We have producers, we have consumers, right? There is this complex web of interaction, it's like uh, you know, our, our economy. Our economy is just a subset of the natural market. And it's a market that has been evolving for three and a half billion years since the first microorganisms right. appear on Earth. And when you go to a tropical forest or a coral reef, what you see there is a perfect market. Right? There is no waste. It's the circular natural world, it's the circular economy. Yeah. We don't need to innovate. We just need to, you know what I would have on an MBA course? And I would have every CEO, you know, if you want to be a CEO, you have to pass a test on basic ecology, on basic ecosystem functioning. See, business leaders need, need ecology. They need to understand the basic principles of ecology because they are trying to reinvent a machine that works perfectly. It is one of the biggest examples of ignorance and arrogance yeah, on our society. If the motivation, though, is to produce profit and you're beholden to different stakeholders to do so in your company and to essentially create a company that has a legacy effect that you know, persists, then wouldn't a, an interesting narrative be that you know this is a huge opportunity to learn how a system, like you said, has evolved over billions of years in the most elegant and artful and sustainable and actually regenerative way to tap into that natural intelligence, to tap into the biomimicry, the design secrets, this treasure trove of ideas that we can use to actually improve our society. Wouldn't there be a business opportunity there? I know we had one key speaker from the Mahindra groups, Anand Mahindra, the CEO, that really said, look, this is the ethical time to be in business, that we have now an opportunity to evolve and take advantage of new energy properties, etc. You know, isn't isn't that message also ringing clear for people here? Oh, absolutely. No, there are huge business opportunities, and this is there are two types of um, business leaders, right? Those who are moved by greed and those who are moved by service. And those who are moved by service are already there. And there are too few of them, right? Those moved by, by greed or by money, you know, this will respond to these business opportunities. The good news is that the business opportunities are huge, right? right. And, and the good news it's not, yeah. that's a false dichotomy as well. Exactly, There's exactly. economic opportunity as well as... You know, if we can learn from uh, natural ecosystems about how to make systems efficient, because mm -hmm. there's nothing more efficient than the primary forest or, or a pristine coral reef, the companies are going to reduce their costs dramatically, they're going to reduce waste, and the profits are going to go up. So you'll be mad from a business perspective just continue with the status quo and not try to improve. It's not about the environment for them, it's for their own survival as a business. They should be thinking of what's the company going to do in the next quarter century instead of on the next quarter. Brilliant. Well, you know, you mentioned this master class. I think it's a brilliant idea and National Geographic could be the 
quintessential host for such a master class for the business community to learn more about the natural intelligence of the Okay, climate. we have an idea here. We have an idea right. here. And we can put it on record. It's okay. Oh, we have an idea here. Thank you so much, Cousin. Cheers. Thank you for listening to our Natural Intelligence Worldwide Podcast, where we're committed to spotlighting intuitive vision, nature-inspired knowledge, and native wisdom in our world. You can find us at naturalintelligence.com forward slash worldwide. There, we have a growing portfolio of podcasts with world leaders on nature, sustainability, climate, and tech for good. Thank you for awakening natural intelligence in the world. Have a beautiful day.